Welcome to the Kombucha Camp Podcast. I'm Hannah Crum, the Kombucha Mama. Today we are talking with the masters of House Kombucha. Uh, House is a locally owned kombucha company based out of San Francisco, and they're really trying to keep that local vibe going as well as build their community. So let's welcome Rana Chang, founder of House Kombucha, and her partner, Ben Graff. Welcome to Kombucha Camp. Hey, and it's great to be here with you today. Hello. Hi. So, hey, Rana. So, how did you how did you get house going? What what was your inspiration? Well, it started a while ago. I like to drink kombucha. My mother used to make it when I was younger, back in the '90s, when everybody was passing around those big mushrooms. So, I remembered how it was made, and it was really disgusting back then. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe five years ago, I started drinking it, um, the commercial stuff, and it was. It was tasting much better, and but it was and it was addictive, you know. Like you just you drink one, you want another one, and um, but I remembered like it's like well, it's too expensive to buy all as much as I wanted. So if I made it myself, I knew that I would end up with mushrooms everywhere, and it was going to be crazy. So um, I thought, how would I make it and I sell it? Because one of the big problems with the kombucha that I saw everybody else go through who was really into it is that there was too many bottles everywhere. And if I could make a, a new business where we didn't have all these leftover bottles, that that would really make an impact because I, I saw kombucha as something that was going on, you know, like more and more people were interested in it and it has to be in a glass bottle. It's just like what we want. And so it was just too wasteful to, to not reuse the glass bottle. So it basically started like that. Got it. Well, what about it was gross when you were a kid? Like, was it too sour or was, was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It was just too sour for you. Yeah. It was too strong. I mean, if you taste house kombucha, ours is more, as most people say, balanced and subtle. It's not a kick you in the face kombucha. It's more <laughs> beverage. So how would you describe your kombucha? What makes it more subtle? I think our kombucha is uh, really subtle. We actually, we use uh, less sugar than anybody else does. I was actually really amazed that Rana was able to get the cultures running on as little sugar as she puts in. We use different teas for every batch, every flavor. We don't take a, a mix of black, green, and white and, uh, and then add flavors or anything at the end of the production. So everything that you're getting in a bottle of house kombucha is actually freshly brewed and bottled kombucha, 100%. Well, how did you guys meet? How did you get involved in this whole kombucha thing? Were you a regular uh, kombucha drinker before? Uh, you know, I was, I'm always, uh, fermenting and, or curing or doing something strange like that in my kitchen. If you're, if you ever come over to my apartment, you should be ready for either like the smell of cabbage fermenting or, or natto or kombucha. And, um, I was, uh, laid off of a social work job. I was working with, uh, homeless and disabled people in San, downtown San Francisco. And after being unemployed for a couple months, I read an article of, about House Kombucha and Rana Chang, and I thought, wow, this is amazing. Somebody is taking something they love and making it, creating something that she loved and sharing it with people and creating a sustainable business all at the same time. Ever since I started making food, <clears throat> which happened when I was a little kid, I've always thought there's got to be some way to make a living off of this thing I love. And um, we're slowly but surely making that happen. So how did you meet Rana then? Did you just, you saw the article and so you oh, yeah, sent an email? Yeah, I saw this article and I had been applying for all these jobs and like n nothing was panning out. It's just like the economy is just so, so crappy right now. <laughs> yes, it's in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
it's pretty funny. It's like, well, it actually goes to show like, I don't know, you know, at this young stage of being a company, it sometimes feels like what's up with all the publicity, you know, and I need to make kombucha and sell it. Why am I doing podcasts and this and stuff? But at that point, you know, that was only in August, you know, it brought me, it expanded my team, you know, it, the attention is like, it's not just like, oh, we've made it. It's like, no, we're making it. And by getting like extra press and, and getting more people interested, it gets us more, more company members, more accounts. And so it was really a, a growing thing, I guess. You know, work it takes up so much of your day. It's like eight hours of your, of your waking hours. If that isn't meaningful, then you're wasting your life. I don't know, right now we have it's us two and one more and yeah we're, we're just we're bonded we're bonded as if like we were I don't know we're like a pack of tigers <laughs> all all summer together you know like you're bonded you're like in this in these short few months because it's been so intense and it's been so necessary so so anyway the way that I met Rana uh, so I I saw that article. And I'm like, I have to contact this person because that sounds awesome. I need some, she's, she's living my dream basically. I didn't realize how much actual hard, hard work went into it, but now, now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. so you got in touch with her and she was like, yeah, come yeah. on over or. Was just trying to, I don't know what he was trying to do, but he first tried to pitch himself as a social media guru. Oh. As if I, as it was like, well, that's all very good. I'm sure you're good at, you know, so he gives me his credentials of what he can do with social media. It's like, that's great. And I, I, I listen and I'm like, can you carry a hundred pounds up and down stairs and work for under $10 an hour? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> but he does. And so <laughs> there we are. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks went by and I, you know, I talked to a lot of people like, like, should I do this? It sounds kind of weird. Um, cause at the time house kombucha was in the small corner in a sushi restaurant kitchen like on in the basement kitchen of this sushi restaurant near right across the street from the jail and i was just like picturing this sorcerer's apprentice type of thing where i'm just like carrying these huge buckets and you know i i'm gonna get like hurt somehow but then like a you know a couple weeks went by and i was still unemployed <laughs> nothing else came up and a couple of my friends and family said well just try it see what happens and i did it was and it turned out to be something I really enjoyed. And Things kind of blew up. It was like, it was kind of amazing. Like I managed to get myself a commercial kitchen space in the closet. I was in the closet, the boiler room, and I was paying two fifty a month, which was, you know, kind of a steal actually in, in San Francisco and the commercial kitchen land where everybody wants to start a food business. And then there was this farmer's market that was failing. It was a floundering farmer's market. I just had this idea that, you know, I could sell kombucha at the farmer's market. It was an everyday farmer's market, so I could be there every day of the week for $300 a month. I was like, okay, so these are my upfront costs. Your upfront costs, like for me, that's like $550 a month. That was a lot of money when I've been pretty much unemployed for the past year, too. And so, anyways, so we didn't make a lot of sales at the farmer's market, but I got a lot of experience with the kombucha itself and understanding, you know, what the customers were interested in and what worked. I wanted to taste sweet and fizzy and good, and and it was affirming that there were other people who felt that same way, and that, that kind of gave me the confidence to go forward. So what, how were you serving it at the farmer's market then? I was selling it fresh. I had cups. I would pour you a $4 cup of kombucha, fresh from the mushroom. This is the best kombucha you'll ever have in your life. This is fresh. from It's, it's even warm and fizzy. 
<laughs> it was awesome. How's your health? I mean, do you find that it's made a difference? Uh, what kind of health benefits have you noticed from drinking it? Yeah, I'm sure I, I drink it at least like a gallon a week, especially while I'm tasting even more than that. Um, I don't think I drink two gallons a day like GT Dave says he does. <laughs> <laughs> but one day, you know, I, I really got into it originally because, um, because I was interested in the, the probiotic qualities and helping with digestion. I, I wasn't so like up on the immunity stuff. And also, one thing I noticed, uh, really helped my skin. Mm. Um, just kind of look like a little like fresher and healthier. Or actually would just look normal if I drank it, but it would look bad if I didn't. <laughs> we were talking about this the other day, though, just yesterday, like, about how often how we don't get sick sick, you know, like, laid out for three days sick. It's just, um, like, you feel a cold coming or, like, that scratch in the back of the throat and just drink a bunch of kombucha. Like Yeah, so I notice I, I drink, um, since I started drinking so much kombucha, I or just a regular regiment of kombucha, I, when I do get sick, it sort of just feels like I'm getting sick for several days and then I'm fine after that. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the, the dinner. Everyone was sitting in the brewery. They were amongst the kombucha, so to speak. Yeah, it was actually really exciting. Um, we had our first kind of public tour. We didn't really expect it to be like that, but you know, people, they walk in, they didn't know what kombucha was. So we got to walk them through the process. Like, this is the tea. This is how we make it. And this is this is where it's fermented. And then, you know, they're just kind of enjoying the kombucha for the first time and meeting us and meeting each other. And then they sat down and there was this thing. Um, our dinner host, Canvas Underground, have been doing underground dinner parties for over three years. And so they have this nice following and they have um, a really wonderful chef who's worked with like so many other different people um, making interesting foods. And he was really excited to work with kombucha, particularly with curing bacon, Ooh. which there's a video on our Facebook. So he cured the bacon in rose black kombucha. How was that? That sounds fascinating. Uh, that was delicious. It was great. He put it with a Liberty duck breast. Another highlight was the tomatillo and avocado soup made with our jasmine green kombucha. And it had just a really nice like little floral buzz to it. It all sounds really good. And what was for dessert? Dulce de kombucha. So dulce de leche, he did, instead of half milk, it was half kombucha. Boiled it down and made the sauce that went with a, a chocolate cake. So are you planning more of these kinds of uh, kombucha dinners? Yeah, this is um, our first, uh, that was a Canvas Underground event, but um, we called it the first of House Kombucha's Prosper dinners. Uh, so we're going to keep doing this as long as we can and invite different chefs from different underground dinner clubs to come down and just share some great food with great people. It's very exciting because a lot of our these connections have come through something called the Forage SF or Underground Market here in San Francisco, and they want to start selling the bacon at, at like, underground events. And so we might actually kind of partner with um, giving them the, the kombucha and then using our place as kind of a pickup kind of central San Francisco depot where people can actually pick up bacon. I mean, that's in the works, but that's the kind of thing that we'd like to do with some of these food purveyors. You know, they're just up and coming. They don't have their own storefront. And so that's the hope for the retail storefront. It's not really a storefront that people can walk into, but we want to turn the front window into a sliding window where people can can order kombucha and maybe whatever other items we're carrying. 
Just like a little bike up or walk up window. So does that mean people are bringing their own bottles back to you and just asking for a refill or are they um, buying bottles directly from your facility? Uh, both ways, actually. Uh, we just had somebody come in today with a bunch of bottles. And, and what did he what did he trade for? He just traded for new kombucha? Yep, we gave him a bottle um, and gave him a smoked pear. To kind of uh, break ground and pilot for the walk-up window opening, we're having open houses every Thursday night, 4 to 8 p.m. That's really great for the people who walk up as they can also meet the people who make their kombucha. I mean, that's got to be, I mean, talk about local. It's not everywhere where you can walk up and meet the manufacturer of who's making your product. Yeah, it's great. And we really like to meet the people, too. There's just so many different types of people that are enjoying the kombucha. So tell me about your flavors. I hear smoked pears back. Everybody loves the smoked pear. Yeah, we're trying to, we're piloting the, the smoked pear on Thursdays because we don't sell it to the stores. I used to sell it last year, even last summer, but it was it became this huge production of just constantly making pears. People wanted so much pear. So we're just kind of keeping on the down low, I guess, because it it's a popular and it's beautiful flavor, but you have to make a lot of pears. You have to make a lot of pear sauce. <laughs> it's full of the, pears. The tree makes the pears. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's sort of fun to make the pear sauce, but not really. Well, it's... <laughs> It's kind of fun to keep it special. That's when that's when it's fun, and and we don't have a logo for it yet. So we might have a contest and see um, if there will be a like one of our fans might want to you know they might submit their drawings for what would a smoked pear label look like, Ooh, or right? like a smoked pear character. Like I, I've been calling him Smokey the Pear. <laughs> he has kind of like a ranchero hat, and. Yeah, and it's gunpowder tea, so Rana drew him with a holster and a gun in it, mm-hmm. and he was smoking a cigarette, I think. Well, I almost see like a like a film noir kind of female <laughs> version of this pair, like just full of mystery and, and je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you'll win the contest. Uh, <laughs> so what are your other flavors you've got going right now? Um, we have Rose Black. Um, that's that's my favorite by far. It's a really wonderful, um, almost wine-like kind of uh, kind of like it's kind of like a merlot. Yeah, I don't, you would I don't like know. to eat it with steak. Like it's the one that you pair with the dark meat or with tempeh. <laughs> the other dark meat. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah rose black's awesome. It's just this really nice black tea with rose petals, um, just like all of our other flavors. Um, are there tradi- are there standard flavors? We don't add any flavoring or anything. Everything comes from the tea. Um, of course, besides our smoked pear, we do add pear sauce to it. Um, next flavor, next um, is sun blossom. It's a white tea, a shume with orange blossoms. The orange blossoms really give it this a wonderful aroma that uh, people really seem to enjoy. Yeah, it it doesn't have any more sugar or any more. It's fermented similarly like the other kombuchas. Uh, still only five calories a serving, uh, very low in sugar, but the aroma gives it a, a sweetness. Like it's a sweet note, even so. People think it's sweeter, but it's actually not. It just feels sweeter. You're drinking flowers. Yeah, jasmine green is one of our green teas that is suddenly picking up steam. Yeah, we call it our jasmine green. I, I think it tastes like white grape juice. Mm. We have a lavender green. Uh, that's that one's really special. It has um, celadon pearl tea in it. And we just mix in some dried lavender flowers. Our, um, this is a pretty popular 
flavor. Um, I see everybody around the brewery drinking it. It's vanilla orchid root. It's the one with Assam tea, so I have a theory that people are drinking it most because Assam is such an efficient delivery system for caffeine. <laughs> it, only, it only makes you feel like you're getting a, like a nice buzz of caffeine from it, but it's actually only half the caffeine of the rose black because we cut it. It's half Assam, half chicory, which is completely non-caffeinated. But the chicory is very dark, and so I think it reminds mind of a coffee. And so those are your so those are one two three four five six flavors. Yeah, we have a, a roasted green flavor too. This is actually something we started out with in, in the earliest days of house kombucha. Um, it's using genma chai tea, which is kind of popular, you know, Japanese restaurants. It's got that roasted rice puffs in it, mm. and so it kind of tastes nutty. But to this today, it tastes different. So this is kind of one that we, we haven't bottled, you know, in a long time because I found that the flavor was a little bit inconsistent. And I still get requests sometimes because people remember it from before. But it's it's an odd one. You know, it will remind different people of different things. And it's just it's a it's a, one of those specialty flavors that we might just keep as like an occasional thing. Nice. So everyone, if you want any of those flavors, you can get any of them from the walk up window. Now, how is the, the bottle program working in the stores up there? It's Working beautifully. I just uh, uh, went out for delivery, a full load of deliveries yesterday, and I came back with a full load of glass. So I picked up about 250 re- reclaimed bottles. That's amazing. I mean, you're saving that from the recycling bin. You're saving that from people just throwing them away. That's really great. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and, and the customers just love it so much. I mean, people will choose our kombucha over other kombuchas just because they know that we're sustainable, that we're, we care. Well, and it's such an inspiring story, I think, because, I mean, we have a very disposable lifestyle, and I, I really appreciate the shift to more sustainability. And it's great that you guys are kind of at the forefront of this and, and really sticking to your guns, because I know you you refuse to go to some places if they're not willing to work with your bottle program. Yeah, that's right. You know, we're finally actually available in the East Bay again. Um, the biggest market in uh, the East Bay wanted us to change our labels and remove all the information about bottle returns on it. And we sort of pondered this and said, you know, this is a, a huge retailer that could, you know, be like a third of our entire business. But um, Rana made the decision to pull out of this store um, because yeah, yeah, we we fight for this. I mean, it's it's <laughs> kind of I mean, it's it's um, a war and there's a lot of little battles where we're going into these stores and and it's always been the retailers, from what I understand, that have sort of stopped the reuse kind of the reuse thing and not been on board but they're really starting to learn now and the the people who the people want it so but now we're available at the um biofuel oasis in berkeley which is super cool place you can get your all your uh vegetable fuel from it's a biodiesel like gas station basically i love it well, thank you so much. I mean, do you have anything else you want to plug right here? Like us on Facebook. You can find out about all sorts of cool stuff there. We're doing fun stuff. We're giving our tea compost to a really amazing farmer, Green Hearts Family Farm. We also met them doing the underground food thing. They went to carry us in the CSA. 
So they really do their business, you know, packaging up these little CSA boxes and delivering them all over the Bay Area. But, yeah, people will be able to get kombucha dropped off at their house, which is something people keep asking us about. So I'm really thankful to have met this farmer who's already kind of got that infrastructure and is, ex- is excited to carry house kombucha and is taking out tea compost off our hands. More symbiosis. I love this. I guess one last plug is Earth Day SF is going to be our first official big event where we actually have a, a booth and we'll be selling kombucha on tap. It's the first Earth Day event that's like a that's like kind of a citywide Earth Day event. So where's that so, taking place? At the Civic Center. And it's free. It's going to be shows and art and talks all day long. Part of what kombucha is is it's really just re-educating people to trust their instincts. You know, mm-hmm. for so long, we didn't have science explaining everything. We really had to go on instinct, and we had to trust our senses, and not just our eyes, but our ears, our nose, our our sense of taste. And, and I think that kombucha is one of those things that, since there hasn't been this huge body of clinical research on it, and yet people, when they drink it, they get an immediate reaction to it. They have an immediate benefit or immediate feeling of, of wellness from it. And I think that that's, that's really what I tell people. They're like, well, how much should I drink? I go listen to your body. That's really what's the most important thing is trusting those instincts again. I think that's awesome. That, that's, it's awesome that you've come to these insights as a lover of kombucha because I think that's what brought us here too is this kind of just trusting your instincts because it doesn't make sense. It's like, oh, you know, you're supposed to get a fancy job and you're not supposed to be making Tea and, <laughs> and leaving it out for a week or two. <laughs> no one's ever heard of this. It's like, no, I feel this is going to go somewhere. Yeah, well, especially with a, an education from a law school. I mean, that's that's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pressure in all of that. So it's really great that you've kind of forged your own road, and and great for you, Ben, for just reaching out and trusting your instincts and taking that leap. And and you guys have clearly found a synergy, a symbiosis, like the kombucha, and are really making making something more of what you could have done just on your own. We're here on Sixth Street, and there's a lot of really beautiful like young urban energy here and people are just making amazing art together and and to be part of it to have them in our basement adding their art to our walls it's just it's a real blessing